0: What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires.
1: Just doing it big, you know.
0: Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show.
2: Big Show,
3: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about 60 and 60. It's going on now. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah is to count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON only here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, Gordon. Yep. Should we get to what's going on? Yeah, let's do it. Will we check in with the other shows? Speaking of the Zone Sports Network, yes. uh, let's start with DJ and PK, shall we? Okay. Joe Ingles was on the Joe Ingles Show. Um, uh, let's listen to, let's yeah, listen to this. We're going to listen to a, a good chunk of it because this is going to be the last one of, uh, of the year. And considering that he did the Joe Ingles Show all during the pandemic— We've we've had a lot of Joe Ingalls shows over the past. Uh, That's calendar, been good. Calendar That's why year. he's yeah.
2: endeared himself to so many jazz fans. Yep. I think. All
3: right, so let's uh, check in with him. Here's a portion of the Joe Ingalls show on uh, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. So you've had a few
4: days to let it uh, sink in, and when you look back, like, where where did it go horribly wrong? What the heck happened?
5: Uh, I mean, it's it's something we'll probably obviously look and watch over the next few months. You, you, I was talking to, to JC yesterday. It still feels like we should be preparing for a game. Like, it still doesn't, no. like, kind of feel too real that we're actually out. So, um, I mean, obviously, the second half of that last game was, was, I mean, I I can't even be bothered going into specifics or, or whatever right now. It's, it's There's nothing changing that right now. But, obviously, there's things we need to, to Either work, kind of work on. Um, obviously, going to there's some key key pieces with Mike and stuff that we need to figure out what what that situation looks like, um, and then kind of figure out individually what we can all do to be better next year. What what the obviously the team will do what what they what they do or what they want to do um, in terms of the roster. That's obviously a little bit out of the, the player side of it control. Um, but all of us kind of looking at ourselves, what we can do, obviously we were a little bit beat up with a, a couple injuries, and that's not an excuse or anything, but that's just the, the way it was, and we, we played kind of reasonably well throughout the year with, with missing some guys, but we obviously, obviously fell short in that second half, um, they, they did play unreal in that second half, so you've got to give a little bit of credit to them for what they did and how they played, but obviously we felt like we, especially the way we played in the first half, we... Um, obviously thought we'd, we'd have a good shot at, at winning that game so um, I said it in my exit meeting the, the day after or whatever day it was that uh, for me it was probably the toughest loss that, that we've had since I've been here um, with what we've done in the regular season and um, the, the first round with Memphis obviously playing a, a young kind of gritty team but we're able to get through that and being up 0-2 and then um, we, we played some really good quarters and halves but, but we, we didn't really put it all together to, to win that series. So um, once again you, you go, you're going back to look at yourself individually. Obviously the team will look at the team and, um, and we'll prepare for, uh, not right now, but, but slowly get our minds right to, to be ready for, for the start of next year.
1: Guys usually support other guys in their business decisions. You know, you had been uh, took the High Road when when Hayward left and all that. Now you got Mike Conley. But I think you're on record as saying, you know, you certainly want him back. And in classic Joe Engel style, I'll go back there to his mansion. So you get in a little shot. But your point is uh, taken that you'll do whatever you can do. How will you handle that as far as getting involved with Mike's decision?
5: Um, I mean, I'll be as involved as either the club wants me, or um, obviously I'm gonna i speak to him anyway. I've got a, a we have a great relationship. Our, our my my daughter and his son are in the same class, and so there's there's a lot of things that connect us, um, not just on the court, but but off the court as well. So our wives are going to a, a thing tonight together. Um, so. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Obviously, first and foremost, just as a basketball player, that uh, I think, I mean, if if fans didn't want him back too, I would be struggling to figure out why. Uh, I think he showed, obviously, after that first year and and getting more comfortable and being a lot more healthy this year, um, what he does for our team. Like, the, not just on the court, but off the court, he's he's obviously a great teammate and all that. We don't need a, to dive into to all of that now, but um, I think he, he, he showed what, what he does for our organization on the core and, and obviously, off. So if, if they want me to be heavily involved, I will, if they want me to, to just kind of let them handle it, obviously, Ryan and, and his team, um, whatever, whatever they need, but I, I'm going to, obviously, regardless, I'm going to be texting him and talking to him all summer, um, like I said, our, there's a lot more connection than, than just the basketball side. So, um, obviously, I hope he comes back. Um, and, we'll, I, I, I mean, I know Ryan and the front office will, will do it from their part what they need to do. Um, I think the other side of it, too, for, for Mike and, and just thinking in, in Mike's mind, I don't think he'd ever been a free agent either. So... For him to rush, rush a decision, I, I don't see that happening. Um, whether he wants to be here or not, um, I think he'd always, you guys might know more, but I think he'd always extended with Memphis before he even ever got to being a free agent. So I don't think he's ever actually been an unrestricted free agent where he can actually sit down with the team or, or two and figure out where he wants to do. Obviously, he's got a family that will take a, a part of, of that decision as well, where they want to be and what they want to do. Um so yeah, I mean, obviously we'll we'll support him, like you said. Obviously, I hope is him, him coming back here, but um, like I said, I'll do my part if I can, and, and I know the club will, and the the rest is kind of up to him, uh, I think.
4: He did say in his uh, ex interview with the media that he had not been a free agent before, yeah. so that was uh, okay, yeah, out that's, there.
5: I don't think it's like a like you you're gonna take meetings with other teams. I mean I had all my meetings lined up, it's just that I met with the Jazz first and I decided to say screw it and just sign right away. <laughs> I didn't So like it's not a uncommon thing for guys to, to meet with other teams. So initially I wouldn't be reading into that too much. Once you get into those meetings and it's a few days in then you can kind of figure out a little bit more of what might go on but um, again, it's, it's Mike's decision. It's his family's decision. And, again, we obviously hope he comes back, and, and I'll do everything I can. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out.
1: Are you looking at, with your age, being this the last opportunity to play with your national team? And if so, how much more does hell it no. mean? no. Hell no, is that what you said?
5: Until, I'm, I'm playing until the wheels fall off with that one. That, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just something, obviously, as I get older, um, yeah, you start to think, like, will this be my last Olympics? Will it be my last time kind of being able to represent my country or, or whatever? Um, I honestly haven't thought of that. I've always, my, my, Patty Mills and I have had this kind of thing for, I mean, we first made the team in 2008 in Beijing. Um, this would be our fourth Olympics together. Um, obviously, we feel like we're kind of the, the, the leaders of this group and, and trying to win this medal. We, we've never won a medal at a major tournament. Um, obviously, that being a World Cup or, or an Olympic Games, and we've been so close the last few kind of couple campaigns. And the, my mindset with the whole thing and the way I go about it is is purely to, to win a medal with with some of my, my best friends. It's um, it, it's something the over the last, like I said, couple of campaigns, we've we've had a roster and, and team that's been able to, to to achieve that. We have obviously fallen short, but I mean, I remember in two thousand eight in Beijing, like we we had a good team. I would never um, put any of my teams down or anything like that. But I don't know if we ever had a chance to actually win a medal. We 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 made the quarterfinals. Uh, my first two Olympics and crossed over with with, with Team USA in the quarterfinals, which is. Um, at that point was a, a tough ask for us to do. We had, uh, I think, Bogut and Patty were the only two NBA players we had, and the rest of us played in Australia or in Europe. So as we've gone on, we've obviously, I mean, majority of our roster now is either NBA players or had recently been in the NBA. Um, obviously, with, like I said, in we'll, the last campaign, couple of campaigns, we, we believe we can win a gold medal or, or, worst case scenario, a medal. So if we don't, for us, it's a, it's a failure, um, and we've obviously kind of failed these last couple of campaigns. And I know Paddy's the same as me. Uh, my whole mindset is that, uh, like I'm. I'm I, obviously, if I'm and healthy and able to, I'm, I'm not going to give up on this opportunity until until we win a medal. So um, if we win a medal this summer, maybe that'll be it for me. Maybe not, but um, I just love it too much. I, I the pride I have representing my country and. Um, having my family support me and it, it's not just us playing for ourselves or this medal, It's we're, we're representing a country we're representing, like I said, my family um, it's something obviously I take a lot of pride in so um, I'm, I'm lucky that the Jazz have always supported me in that too and um, yeah, we'll see where it takes us uh, I don't know I would, I would never put a, uh, a restraint on my, my Australian boomer's career
1: okay. So, your schedule, obviously is going to be pretty tight. you gonna have any opportunity to go home?
5: No um, which absolutely sucks. Um, i we actually just applied for an exemption for Renee again uh, just recently and got denied for the third time. so um, yeah, obviously sucks with with that part of it because um I think Renee was just saying yesterday, I think it's basically about two years now since we've been home, which for me isn't the biggest worry I'm used to being away and not seeing my family, but Renee is extremely close with her family and, and all that. And her, they've never met Jack, um, who's seven months now. Um, Renee's brothers recently had twins, um, just coming up to a year now. So just, just those type of things obviously get to probably Renee more to, more than me. And it gets to me when it gets to, to Renee, uh, which, which is hard. Um, We'll, uh, we'll try and figure out a way. We can either try and either get some family here, but she, she'll be in Utah um, the whole time while I'm away. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. I'll be, obviously, L.A. this week, and then I come back for a few days, and then obviously away again on the 5th to go to Vegas for a couple of weeks, and then Tokyo. So, um, if you guys want to go and babysit or something, let me know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it, it, it sucks because, yeah. Yeah, I got. No you t- want to go home? You want to see your family? But um, obviously, we understand I- what kind of with COVID and what's going on in the world.
1: I got no problem watching your American son.
5: He's not American. He's Australian. I've got three Australian children.
4: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, yeah, but it'd be good if the family could meet the future president of the United yeah. States. I mean he's gonna be
1: rooting for the US, man. He's gonna he's gonna oh, bring home the gold. Oh
4: now you've crossed the line. It's one thing for him to be in the White House. That gets Joe to the Lincoln bedroom. But yeah, playing awesome. for the US That's
5: the only that's the only thing I'd support. If he if he can get to uh, the president or something like that, I'll I'll support him with that. But anything else won't be done. Um you should see. The way he lights up when I walk in the room, there's no way he'll be cheering for America. Gets- <laughs> okay, you
1: realize I was only joking. <laughs>
5: I mean, he might. It doesn't, I mean, it is what it is, right? I'll still I'll have to teach him some lessons. But um, no, nah, we'll, we'll be here. Obviously, we're pretty comfortable here, too. Renee's comfortable. Um she was actually planning her, her birthday dinner and she was like, I wouldn't, she invited like 20 people. She's like, I wouldn't have been able to invite 20 people a year or two ago. So, Oh, nice. We've, uh, we've got a lot of friends and, and close friends here now and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, we, we enjoy you here, but obviously getting home would be, would be nice, but it won't be probably now until next off season. So um, it's a long way away, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get there eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, Joe, we appreciate you coming on for another year. Up, oh, PK's got one more. Well,
1: yeah, for another year, Joe. Yeah. So that's seven down. You're, you've set the record. I mean, basically, your stint with us has been longer than every Kardashian marriage. So that's very <laughs> impressive. Uh,
5: but that's throwing JC under the bus. JC was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you did, not me. <laughs> uh, are are we, We're going to make it eight, right?
5: Yeah, I'm down. I, I'm, I'm cool. I, good. as much as, I mean, it's my show anyway, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you guys, guys want to come on for another year and
1: we do um, very much so,
5: <laughs> no, that would be good. We'll, uh, we'll get back to it. I I was just telling Jake before I'll, I'll be, I'll be around in the next couple of weeks anyway in America. And then we can try and do one via Tokyo internet. If that works, Japan, Japanese internet, I don't know how that works all over there, but if we can make it work, we will.
4: That's good. I was just uh, I was just talking to a guy who's going to be over there for the Olympics. We'll have multiple Olympic correspondents. That'll be awesome.
5: Oh, there you go. They can ask me some silly questions of yours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Joe Eagles right there. The Joe Eagles show with DJ and PK. Always can't miss radio with those guys. And you know, it is it is fun to have Joe come on the station once a week because you do get a, a view of the team a little bit through an insider lens. And, and, uh, yeah, I I think it's interesting Joe is so willing to be active in uh, encouraging Mike Conley to stay.
2: Yeah. it's uh, Joe, you know, and the interesting thing about it, you said a a look from an insider, but it's a look of an insider with a very unique perspective anyway. (laughs) Right. So it makes it that much better. Uh, So, yeah, it's really uh, a benefit to our listeners to be able to have a chance to hear what Joe has to say every week and uh, he's very dependable when it comes to that.
3: He's also very passionate about playing for Team Australia which I I think is cool but I wonder if deep down in their heart of hearts how much the Jazz love that Joe's going to go play some extra <laughs> competitive basketball this off season. I'm I trying not to I don't want to be mean when I say this but Joe looked like he might need a little rest. Yeah. Is that is that too terribly mean? <laughs> no. I, I, I get his passion for it, but I don't, you know.
2: I I don't, I don't know how much he'll play. I don't know how, how much he'll be depended on uh, whether they'll wear him out. You know, we had this conversation the other day with somebody off the air, Jake, about the whole Olympic experience and what that's like for the owners who have these guys under contracts who take all the risk with, and there might be some reward in some cases, but in Joe's, I don't think uh, him playing for Team Australia is going to make him a better player at this point. No. um,
3: I think it's less of an issue in basketball. If I were, you know, Major League Soccer and the national team wanted to take all of my good players right in the middle of my season i think i'd be really bent out of shape about that but major league soccer is more than happy to just
2: go sure go ahead and sometimes even pause the season Um, well that's the tradition there uh but i think you think you're more likely to get hurt playing soccer or playing basketball both yeah it's uh, it's risky
3: business and I get you want, to, you want to do it for your country. And, and again, it's obviously very, very important to Joe Ingalls. And I think it should be respected and certainly not forbidden. But as far as the jazz interests go, it's probably not in their best interest that he goes and plays. Well, think
2: about Joe's experience. I mean, growing up in Adelaide down there, he, he didn't even really watch that much NBA basketball growing up. But he was very well aware of basketball within his own country. Excuse me.
3: Yeah, he, he played in that league when he was really young. He, Joe talked today about uh, the first time he ever made the Olympic team in 08 and how it was so important to he and Patty Mills, and they feel like they've built their national program. I mean, I get it. I, I certainly get it. But I, I, it's more the rest thing than the injury worry, I think. Because guys are going to be playing and doing pickup games and that sort of thing, and you can't live your whole life in a bubble that's in bubble true. wrap. But that's true. But but it's the, it's the wear and tear of it. But the wear and tear could lead to injury. We've seen players play Olympics. You just and, jinxed
6: Joe Ingles, Gordon. Wow. Oh,
2: I kind of did, didn't I?
3: You know what? I didn't think it was funny to joke about then, and I'm not going to joke about it now.
2: Well, that's big here.
3: Yeah, well, I think we all know who the bigger person on this show is. <laughs> Anybody who's familiar with the big show oh, knows the answer, yeah. the answer to that. Uh, but no, we've seen players who are um, not rested because they played internationally in the offseason. We've seen it a time or two. We've heard players mention it. Uh, usually it's when they finally get a break. And I'm trying to remember, maybe it's Darren Williams or somebody like that, but usually it's after playing internationally for a couple of cycles and then you finally take the time off and they always say it, Gordon. Yeah. Well, I've played internationally the last four off seasons, so now it's nice to get a break. You yeah, know?
2: It's true. But
3: then if you talk to them about it while it's going on, they go, oh, no, just a little it's basketball. Play for
2: my yeah, right, right,
3: right. So I think we all know that it does have an effect. But you can't, I mean, you can't forbid it, certainly.
2: Yeah, I, I, I guess you
3: could, but you shouldn't.
2: Do guys really get forbidden from doing that? I I don't know.
3: Ah, well, I mean, you're you're the magician with language.
2: I'm sure it's never forbid is never the word. I just remember when Mark Cuban was complaining about it. That was the first time I really thought about it, and that was a long time ago. Jake, remember? I do. Uh, when he brought that up, and I thought he's he's right. I mean. The NBA teams do are the ones who take the risk, uh, but their players want to do it. And as we've talked about uh, through the beginning of this show, uh, it's important to please your players. If your players are good enough to play for their national team, it means they're fairly accomplished and you want to keep your fairly accomplished players satisfied. All right, we're going to
3: check in with Hanson Scotty coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jig Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Uh, 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 uh. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Oh, oh, oh. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Uh, 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 This uh, is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
3: Show Gordon Monson, Jig Scott 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most preferred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage, specializing in jumbo loans. Let's continue on with what's going on. Gordon Sam Amick will be on the show at the top of the four o'clock hour. Uh, Dale Murphy will join us at uh, five, so stay tuned for that. But uh, let's check in with Hanson Scotty, shall we? Yeah. All right. Uh, they had a cha- uh, They were chatting about uh, uh, money in the offseason for the Utah Jazz and what the fans want and what owners have.
7: Back in the day when Larry H. Miller used to do those weekly interviews, uh, I sat in on one. Somebody's on vacation. And I asked him that, like, what's, what's it like when you hear people talk about how to spend your money? And he's like, well, <laughs> you know, it's their right as a fan. He goes, I just look at it now as numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah. like I can't look think of it as actual dollars I just cuz there was one off season where he spent like a quarter of a billion dollars on sign signings and re signings and extensions and it's mm-hmm. when AK got his big you know albatross
8: of a contract extension and he probably knew at that point he wasn't building a, an NBA championship team
7: and that's the hard part too is when you sign somebody and you realize Okay, well, this I mean, I've got to spend money on somebody and I can't get the one player I want or the player we need. But this guy will help us stay relevant and keep us good. But it's not going to get us over the hump. That's got to be the tough ones. And you see those every year.
8: See, I thought going back, whatever it was, uh, maybe it's eight years ago, 10 years ago, when Prokroy bought the Nets and just came in and spent and said, I don't care what the tax is. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to get every player that I can. Now, he just went about it the wrong way. He put together the wrong team. But he went in just spending as much as he could spend, as much as he needed to spend to put together a roster, and it yielded him nothing. Yeah. He had nothing to show for it. And that's got to be the most difficult thing. Ryan Smith comes across to me as – an incredibly intelligent businessman. And I don't care if it is the Utah Jazz and the NBA. I've got to imagine he wants some return of an, on his investment.
7: Yeah. I, don't, I think he's happy to spend money. He just wants to see. He wants to see the production. Yeah, exactly.
8: And I don't think the second round exit this year it maxed out what he believed this team had capabilities of doing. I think it was a, a I think it was a, Quicker exit than he probably expected, considering yeah. the regular season record, the one seed, the home court advantage, and and everything that went along with it. Probably a little bit of a letdown and disappointment. If you put truth serum in, them, that's would be my guess. And you know, I try to put myself in ownership shoes, which is a really weird thing to do because the the backlogs that they understand and know, the depth of of rosters and And salaries and the way it all works, I know it goes way beyond what I would know. But if this was my team and I was spending money on it, I'd be disappointed with that exit.
7: So and we've touched on this last couple of days. And I think Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck and everybody else in that jazz front office, they have to ask themselves one big question. If we're healthy, are we playing for an NBA championship? If... And I thought you, you said this great earlier on Monday, if the hamstring isn't a problem, Donovan Mitchell's ankle doesn't get injured, are the jazz playing the Phoenix Suns right now in the Western Conference Finals and have an opportunity to win that series and move on? Do they, are, we, are we sorry, are the jazz the best team in the NBA, or, you know, one of two of the best teams in the NBA, if healthy? If you are and you feel that way and you said we just had bad luck, that's what knocked us out of the Western Conference semifinals. Then you try to bring everybody back and make another run at this thing and maybe tweak some things here and there. Uh, But if you're like, hey, look, yeah, they were injured, but we saw some fundamental flaws with guys that couldn't stay in front of dudes. Um, Royce O'Neal played great, but Joe Ingles did not. Jordan Clarkson, great offensively, but is a liability on the defensive side. We need to address these issues and we need to fix this and then get everybody else healthy and make the next step. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself that because right now you've got a team that outside of Mike Conley, you can bring back and try to make another run of this thing and then go and then pay that money in the luxury tax for Mike Conley, realizing that when when if he stays healthy and Donovan stays healthy, we're right there.
3: All right, Hanson Scotty, having an interesting conversation about the Jazz off season, similar to some conversations that uh, that we've had, Gordon.
8: Yeah,
3: um, I get the impression from Ryan Smith, basically because he tweeted out that he's willing to play <laughs> or pay the luxury tax that. He's willing to do it. But it brings us back to something we talked about yesterday. I, w- I don't blame an owner who wants to use that tool smartly. Is it the correct roster building decision? Because just paying the luxury tax to pay the luxury tax doesn't make any sense.
2: And you and I have talked about it many times that you can you can build yourself quite a cage if you are sloppy with the way you pay people. Yep, 100%. And it's, 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 <laughs> it, the worst case scenario for a team is not that they are not really really good it's that they're not really really good and they have utilized all their resources
3: we've seen teams that uh have been really guilty of that over recent years like the wizards for example or or charlotte a couple of years ago where they're just you you look at them and they're all capped out right there on the luxury tax if not in the luxury tax and you go "God, yeah, yeah. why why are you doing that you know that doesn't make any sense you don't want to be that team mm-hmm. um To your point, Gordon. But when it comes specifically to Mike Conley uh, and where the Jazz are now, it it's a little bit trickier because it's probably the best roster building move to re-sign Mike and go further into the tax. That's as far as I'm
2: I'm seeing it. Because under the same scenario as you have explained, Jake, the Jazz couldn't sign a player of that caliber uh with the money situation as it is. You lose him and you're still kept out. Right. Because you've got his bird
3: rights and you can retain your own free agents. And so that that's what makes this a little bit uh, a little bit tricky. So are are you going to, you know, are you going to pay the luxury tax to add, you know, the eighth guy on the bench? That's probably not the you know. To, that's probably not the right basketball move. But in this case, it might be painful. But I think it's the right move. Even if even if the Jazz end up trading Mike Conley, at least you can protect some value, uh, you know, or get some retain got an some asset, value. One yeah, one right. way or the other. Thank
2: you. And remember, the Jazz were pretty darn good this year. I mean. Yeah, they they had a tough situation against the the Clippers. But as you astutely pointed out, Jake, that had they been completely healthy, who knows how that thing might have gone. So, I mean, they are this close. And if they don't re-sign Mike Conley or can't use that asset in one way or another, then they're not as good.
3: Yeah. So I think fans oftentimes get caught up in this, are you willing to pay the tax? And I think it's more nuanced than that. Is it the smart thing to pay the tax? Is it worth it to pay the tax? If the ultimate goal, of course, is to win a championship. You know, you look at Clippers' old ownership, and they didn't care about winning. They just wanted to meet X amount of fans in the stands so you could turn a profit off a franchise that was run so miserly. You know, it was such a weird way for a sports franchise to run. But if you're, you know, your goal is to eventually win a championship, you've got to be smart about that.
2: It is a punitive rule, for sure. So Okay, so let me ask you specifics about that, Jake, and I know that it depends on some things that haven't come out yet, but how punitive is it if somebody just willy-nilly decided, I'm going to spend whatever I want? Well, how many times have they been in the luxury tax? Because that's that's the hard
3: part, is if you're repeating over and over again, it slowly goes, well, actually not slowly, it goes up significantly, which has happened to the Warriors. Mm And that's one thing if you're rattling off titles, you're probably loving it. It built basically a new building for you and you moved into some one of the most expensive neighborhoods in the entire country. But Working that, out r- well that for you.
2: repeater situation, how steep is that climb? Uh, and, I don't know? have it in, in well, front well, of me Just, just generally it.
6: speaking. The I mean, Warriors just paid their whole salary uh-huh. and then that same amount of money wow. as a penalty. Yeah.
2: So if, they, if it was. What, so if it's was,
6: 100, what was 109? The, the the salary cap? It's a little more than that, was not it? Well, well I don't know. But it that and then some uh-huh. they paid as a penalty. Wow. Okay. So uh, And it's divvied out across all the all the teams.
3: The NBA's uh, luxury tax uh, delivers stiffer penalty as teams continue spending exceeding ten million beyond the tax. Normally, costs two dollars and fifty cents for every dollar up to fifteen million, three dollars and twenty-five cents for every dollar between fifteen and twenty million, and three seventy-five for every dollar between twenty and twenty-five million, <laughs> and then that goes up year uh-huh. after year.
2: Yeah. So, so as usual. Nothing wrong with spending money, but spend it on the right guys and uh, spend it the right way, which was your original point,
3: right? And so, yeah, it's not often uh, just that simple. Of oh, are you willing to do it or not? You
6: know? It's you got to get that ROI. You can't just spend it. Yeah, yeah. you got to get something in return.
3: Right. And that's what could have been so costly about uh, Gordon. We talked about Gordon Hayward a little bit earlier. That's what could have been so costly about him leaving the franchises because he left them with nothing, not even a trade exception. If you'll remember, wasn't even willing to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was that such was a, a good punch. It
3: was so spiteful on mm-hmm. his part. That's what was so obscene to me about it. it was there was something there. There was some bad. There was some bad blood there for for a player to be spiteful like that not even we mentioned Carlos Boozer Carlos Boozer wasn't that spiteful of the jazz
2: but who was his problem with because and don't say me because I called him a Buick who who, who? I don't know
3: I I honestly have no clue Do you I mean no, I, I really don't, no, I don't but either. but the point being is he did that on purpose because he knows how bad that is yeah. to just lose uh, a valuable asset like that without getting anything in return is just brutal Mm-hmm. And, again, the Jazz were fortunate. They drafted well, and Donovan Mitchell was the perfect player at the perfect time. Indeed. And they were able to not skip a beat. Um, that doesn't always happen. In fact, I would say it rarely happens. That was quite a, quite a situation. And, by the way, Donovan, he really benefited from it. It's not many rookies uh, that get that type of role on a team, period, let alone a, a rookie Picked in the late lottery. But
2: uh, but I've heard that. But I still think he would have played a dominant role. Maybe not dominant, but a major role with the team. He was that good. You know, Gordon Hayward obviously would have been the main man had he stuck around. But Donovan was so good. I don't think Quinn would have been pulling back on the reins on Donovan.
3: Oh, I don't think it would have been Quinn pulling back on the reins. I think it would have been
2: the team. Hmm. That's the group as it was—that's an interesting thought, actually, because <laughs> I remember having that very conversation about Gordon with Gordon Hayward about how how much pressure he felt early on. You know, because I, I said, "Can you be a leader on this team?" Well, I have to wait my turn. You know, <laughs> so well, So that's the thing.
3: In a normal circumstance, do you think teammates would have given the green light to a rookie like the Jazz did for Donovan? But the reason the Jazz did it for Donovan is because they didn't have anybody else who could score. <laughs> there was nobody else who wanted to shoot. <laughs> so of course they're going to say, "Hey, rookie, yeah, green light for you." I don't think that would have been the case. I I agree with you that Donovan would have emerged. I mean, mm-hmm. talent. I, it would have gone differently though. He wouldn't have been handed the offense. Uh, on many teams, uh, let alone many playoff teams. I mean, that's well maybe that wouldn't have been all bad either. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, not to say that what actually happened was good. I did I think it allowed him to emerge quicker.
2: Yeah, what did happen was pretty good. Yeah. But
3: they go to the second round of the playoffs in his yeah. rookie year and have one of the Um, most amazing ends to a regular season that I've ever seen.
2: Well, and and that season was so spectacular on the part of Donovan Mitchell that it was almost good enough to match Ben Simmons.
3: (laughs) See, we look in hindsight, doesn't that seem even more ridiculous now? (laughs) Remember how dismissive Ben Simmons was about Donovan Mitchell?
2: Yeah, yeah. We all saw the, the information that was coming from Benny. And everybody lapped it up. Oh, no, this a, guy's great. Nobody around here did.
3: All right, stay tuned. We'll have a market update for you coming up next. Sam Amick at four. It's the Big Show. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jig Scott 975 and 1280 the zone. Time for a market update brought to you by Tridaytrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. How did the markets do today, Gordon?
2: I'll tell you in just a second. Say something intelligent. Uh, every day
3: at 350, we do the market update. <laughs> Five days a week. Have for a while now. (laughs) Brought to you by? (laughs) It's brought to you by TridayTrading.com. If only
6: I told you before each segment. TridayTrading.com, please. I got good news for you, fellas.
2: Okay. The Dow today was up a whopping 322 plus points. Tell me more. The NASDAQ, I will. The NASDAQ was up just shy of 98 points. Tell me more. The S and P, Jake, was up an eye on to twenty five points. That'll do, Pete. That'll do. (laughs) Good news. Tell me more. That's all I got. I can tell you what happened with the uh, the Hong Kong market. If you tell me less. Okay, a lot less. I won't do that. <laughs> tell, I can tell me you anything what, else. I can tell you what happened in London. I can tell you what happened in Germany. I can tell you what happened in Japan. Not necessary. All
6: right. Tell you what happened in London. Tell you what happened in France. Tell you about your under. I see what you did there. Yeah. Mm. Is that something? Your that- under signings. Oh. Say something intelligent. So, Rick Carlisle's going back to Indiana. He is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. NBA news how about today. I saw that. Yeah. About the, the, the Pacers hiring their old coach, Rick
2: Carlisle. <laughs> oh, well. It's, wouldn't it look like a, what, didn't he sign for like $9 million a year or something like
6: that?
3: I would hope so if he's going back to Indiana. <laughs> did
6: you see what he said about Dallas? What did he say? And how uh, Jason Kidd yeah. should be their next hire. Because, My question. Because he
2: and Luka Doncic, uh, are similar or similar They'll players were similar players. They'll get
6: along great and it'll be great for Jason, he said. My question is, is he trying to sabotage either Jason, the Mavericks, or both with that comment? Or is that genuine? No,
3: I would think, I would guess that that's genuine. It's one of his players, you know? It's his guy.
6: Jason Kidd was his guy? Yeah, they won a title together. I, I know, but I thought Jason Kidd tried to always kind of override him. While he was playing on Rick Carlisle. Was that a thing? I don't know. I, don't I thought, he was, thought he was the coach the whole time.
3: Uh, <laughs> you know, you see coaches on the way out try to orchestrate situations for their guys, quote-unquote guys, all the time. Like Frank Beamer uh, uh, tried to do it with Shane Beamer, and luckily the Virginia Tech was like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to pass on Shane. Not terrific. But didn't Bobby Knight do it with his son at Texas Tech? Did he? I don't remember that. I thought he did. Huh. Well, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yet. yeah. I thought he I thought he did. Yeah, but uh what's the most uh the, famously Dean Smith did it with uh what, Bill Guthrie? Wasn't that his name? Yeah, I think so. Cuz that that was the team the Utes ended up beating, right? He because might be right. because Dean Smith thought he handed Guthrie yeah. a, a NCAA champion. And uh, and, went, and did it to to set up his guy, hmm. and isn't Coach K doing something similar, right? Yeah. So I mean, th- it's not all that uncommon for them to try and negotiate in their player or their. No, I guess their choice. Well, I is guess coach. if you
2: think you uh, if you think you've got that kind of truck behind you, then you
3: well, know. see now that's the interesting part, right? Because he Carlisle didn't retire. He kind of <laughs> it was a mutually agreed upon. Yeah, Yeah, right? meaning. I don't like the direction this is going, so hmm. I'm gonna jump. Meaning off here.
6: he has a subscription to
3: the Athletic. Read Sam's reporting and went. I want out of yeah, here. Meaning, yeah, exactly. Means like, wait a minute. A professional sports gambler is now running this franchise.
2: Not just. I want out of here. I gotta get
0: out of here.
3: Man, that'll be interesting to talk to Sam about. Well, we talked to him, I guess, yeah, about we it did. last week, we didn't did. we? Because mm-hmm. it was right. It was the same day that the the story yeah. broke. Yeah, we did. Interesting. Uh, that that is an interesting story. I'm I'm betting Jason Kidd doesn't get the gig. Why not? Uh, because, because why would they
2: listen to Rick Carlisle? Yeah. He just left. In fact, I would. So I there's would, nothing that Rick Carlisle could have said that more, would have hurt Jason yeah, yeah. Kidd no, more. No, no,
3: the, the the which was your point all along. Yeah, right? Rasputin's going the other way. He's not going. <laughs> rasputin's not going to listen. Uh, to to Carlisle on the way out. Rasputin's going to
2: listen to Rasputin. I always thought Rick Carlisle was, uh, was a fine basketball mind. He's a great coach. Yeah.
3: He's always been a good coach. I remember when he left uh, Indiana, when the when Larry Bird fired him, and I thought, God,
2: what, good coaches are hard to find. What are you doing? You know what's happening in the NBA, though, is these coaches are just circulating. Is it, Hasn't it always been that way, though? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Who that is, must be frustrating for young coaches who are looking for an opportunity.
3: How many gigs did, uh, what's-his-name, Dunleavy get? A lot. It seemed to me he coached like 15 different teams. <laughs>
2: 15, half the league. Larry Brown's coached half the league oh, by yeah. now, hasn't he? Yeah, plus half the uh, half the college teams, too. Don Nelson coached half the league.
6: Oh, my gosh. Mike Dunleavy coached the Lakers, the Bucks, the Blazers, and the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. You
3: got a lot of bites at the old apple. That doesn't leave you dead. <laughs> There's nothing there but the core. I mean, we were talking about uh, Mike Brown off the air a little bit. Or maybe we we mentioned him on the air. He's had probably three or four different head coaching gigs, hasn't he?
2: Doc Rivers himself has bounced yeah, around a bunch. Has, yeah. Which is what made that imitation of him yesterday so funny. That was funny.
6: Mike Brown has coached the Wizards, the Spurs, the Pacers, the Cavaliers, the Lakers, uh, the Cavaliers again, and the Golden State Warriors. Are you kidding me? Oh. Excuse me, the Pacers and Spurs was an assistant as coach, an assistant, but, uh, but, uh, but still. And so the Golden State was technically the assist, but Kerr was out with back problems. Yeah. So like, well, that's a lot of teams.
3: I like that the Cavs again,
6: <laughs> kind of like Carlisle, the
2: the Pacers again. What did you think of the Celtics' reported higher? I, I don't. don't know. Know. I don't know that much about. I them, don't know either. that much about them either. Um, Doka? Is he's got a saying? yeah,
3: he's got a he's got a really good reputation from what I read. But I mean that maybe that's something we can ask Sam about coming up next.
6: Kurt Heland told Hanson Scott he's well thought of yeah, yeah. around the lake. I
3: think he's got a pretty good rep. I like the the fresh blood. I like the idea of going with yeah. a coach that isn't necessarily a retread. I, I, I get it that the retread thing can work. It can. I mean, Jerry Sloan, it was his second
2: head coaching gig, right, with the Jazz? And Jerry said that he had learned so much right. from his experience in Chicago.
3: But I like the idea, too, of going outside the box. I mean, jazz with Quinn Snyder, I think, has worked out pretty terrifically well. Yeah. You know, he hadn't had NBA head coaching. He was not a, a retread in the NBA. So I don't know. You, you can go either way, I guess. But I, I'm with you. You know, after job four or five, <laughs> that doesn't go right. You know, maybe maybe head coaching in the NBA isn't for you. It's just like Jim or Jake. He just needs the right team. The right fit. To bring our, uh, our other uh, conversation full circle. You, you know, you? often the right fit is with Steph Curry or LeBron James. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how those jobs seem to be the, the, the right fit so often. Who will be MVP this year? <laughs> gonna... Are
2: to born salt in the wound, a BYU fan? No, never.
3: Not me. Sam Amick's going to join the show next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
4: Go Cougars!